Hi, everybody. It's Elle here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our partners and our supporters and the people that edit and put this show together over at Pretty Easy Podcasts. Now, we get a lot of compliments on how the show sounds and how it looks on YouTube, but that would not be without Pretty Easy Podcasts and the amazing team that they have. If you are looking to create your own podcast or maybe you have some ideas of some social media endeavors, Pretty Easy Podcasts has the technology, the equipment, and the skills to make your podcast sound great at your own disposal at your own time so record from home your office a park wherever they will help you out please give them a email at prettyeasypodcast.com once again that is prettyeasypodcast.com and thanks for listening Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Queer Late Night, a late night podcast that gives people from the queer community an opportunity to share their insight they've gained along their personal and professional journey. Finally, I get to announce this correctly. Correctly, I'm your host, El McCullers, and tonight I have a very special guest on the show, Mr. Jamil Luna, HIV advocate and activist and all around funny person working for AHF, of course. And we're joined by our resident co-host, Mr. Ricky Roman. If you're listening to this show, I am very appreciative of it. Please stay tuned, like, subscribe, share, comment, and stay tuned. Listen in. This is Queer Late Night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Queer Late Night, where people have the platform from the queer community to share their insight and their experience along their professional or their personal journey. It's it's all up for grabs and the learning here. I'm your host, Elle McCullers, the producer of the show. And tonight we have the pleasure and the privilege to once again to have our resident co-host back tonight, Mr. Ricky Roman. Say hi. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so grateful to be here. How are all things Ricky Roman? Let's, let me sit and t- let me talk, look at you. Ooh. Oh God, it's ugly. Oh, it stinks. Oh man. It's good, you know, just yeah. domesticated. 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 She yeah. goes to the gym. She takes care of the dogs. You, t- I, you have two dogs now. Two fucking dogs. And you had no dogs when I no met you. Dogs. Now you have two. Mm. And you cook every day. And she cooks. Yeah. And she cleans. And she lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. Did you think that was going to happen? In our dorm. It was an accident, but I'm grateful. It was an accident. Your one year anniversary is coming up, too. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to ruin it. Mm. I've got some Spice Girls coming. Um, you know. How I do? You look stern. Are you okay? Are you constipated? <laughs> I'm worried about you ruining. You ruining, ruining me ruining things. her. Yeah, you shouldn't tell me ruining where it's at. my funeral. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm gonna flip that casket over at your funeral. Um, it's wonderful. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for agreeing to come back and play your part and being in the world Always, of sis. podcasting. You know I love you. Come on. And without further ado, we have the awesome pleasure of having here. There's so much that I have written. It's good. I know it's it's written, mm-hmm. but there was more that this person provided for their intro. Mm-hmm. I asked for an intro, and I got ah. a book, oh. a book bag. But, I'm a, but I want to start with something a little more heartfelt. I appreciate your intro, Jamil, but I want to start. So when I came to met, meet this person, I was like immediately like, who the fuck is that? And what are they on? Is there more plates of it? And <laughs> then I was like, this person is the absolute you know, person I should look up to in the public health field. Mm-hmm. So I like to call you a mentor in disguise. I think you're a great mentor, a great person to look after, especially with 
all the things that you do for community. But I want to use some of the script that you've given me because it's important to know that you graduated from Rutgers University with your, ma- your master's in public health. Um, you've taken on many roles and accomplishments, including director of HIV prevention in the Bronx. Right now, your current role as pharmacy specialist at AIDS Healthcare Foundation. But I even know you from, you know, the New York City HIV planning group and so many other coalitions and community-based projects that you've been a part of. You even do World AIDS Day at at AIDS Healthcare Foundation every year. And you're funny. You're funny to watch. You're honest. You're authentic. You're a very true blue person. I am super excited to have Jamil Luna on the show. Hi, Jamil. Hey, girls. We're going to get that button installed. <laughs> we got to get that button mm-hmm. installed. I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. know how to work technology, honey. I sent everything out, but um, that's what we're going to have installed. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you both for having me. Ooh. Thank you for coming Our on the pleasure. show. Thank you. I just thought of someone fun to talk to, and I was like, let's... Let's get Jamil on the show. I keep asking him to be on the show. Like, this is the time. He's at 10, what was it, 10K followers now? If I don't get a celebrity soon, I'm going to be shit out of luck, honestly, right? Did you want to add to your introduction? Um, you know what? I, I love what you said. Um, and, and you know, I, I probably don't always see myself, I guess, from, from the outside in. And so it was really beautiful for you to say what you said. So thank you. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely describe myself as a man of the community first and foremost always it's it's what i invest in my work in my career in my personal life um you know when i kiki no matter what it's always like trying to make a difference trying to make people laugh and you know the catchphrase live your best life like it's really what it's all about and so i guess you know in a nutshell that's really like who i am as a person um and obviously you know you said a lot um the professional stuff right yeah we all know the professional stuff is cool, but it's kind of like the impact that you make on the community that makes a difference. And I, I honestly think that that's what has resonated more. Yeah. With. Mm-hmm. I, it's really good because you know what? It's in a, in a in the world of public health in the clinical setting. It's easy to be stale and boring. Mm. And very just rigid. Mm. And that doesn't get people to come and want to do your table event. Right. They don't want to work with nobody that's rigid. They're like, oh, hell no. I want no condoms from her. Not She's going to tell my business. Bitch. Not mm-hmm. that frigid bitch. <laughs> and when you see someone like Jamil, you're like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on, but I want to go over there. Right. Someone that makes you comfortable and it's yeah. that can be mm-hmm. you of course. Know, sensitive for people. I think there's something in the water in the Bronx. Are you from the Bronx, Jamil? Not, not originally, but I work in the Bronx. I'm originally from Camden, which is a mini Bronx. It's, the, it's still the hood. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I'm going to come out there and have some of that water then. Because everybody's so nice. You know, you're like my Cardi B, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I'm the you Car- have way more education. Uh, oh, oops, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. This is Queer Late Night. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Or watch episodes on YouTube by searching Queer Late Night. And now back to the show. You want to do question of the oh, podcast? Oh, yes, yes. The question of the pod. All right, ready? <laughs> what is the last thing you did spontaneously for yourself? For myself? Oh. Mm-hmm. Out of the blue. You did not plan bl- on it. So I'll be, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, I totally have been going through a mental health like thing lately. Right. Mm. Um, and I actually just picked up a book yesterday. And I started reading. I love that. Um, and it Switched was a book. 
Yeah, I actually believe it or not, I have it right here because I had the plug you know, in. It, um, I have a friend who wrote a book, and it, that's inspiring in itself. Yeah, and I opened up the first few chapters, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is speaking to me!" And yes. it's called the title is 50 Days of Reflection." Mm, okay. Samuel Acosta Inoa, for those of you who want to know and look it up on Amazon. But, but you know, we, you know, unless you know this, and I think that you said it so beautifully as, in terms of mentorship, we got to lift each other up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we do. Is, it's really important. Right? It's also really important to, I think Chris will also side with this, especially with everything I've been going through lately. It's really good to say that it's mental health. Because mm. for the longest time, I mean, I wasn't raised in a home where depression's a word or a uh. thing. And I didn't grow to learn that mental health is not a standalone, you're mm-hmm. problematic. You know, it's it's very serious. Mm-hmm. And many, if not everybody, has some type of mental health disorder mm-hmm. or diagnosis. I'm not even going to say the word issue anymore because that's further stigmatizing. Everybody has some type of diagnosis on some type of scale. And it's important Absolutely. to recognize that and be comfortable with dealing with it no matter what it is. I recently have stopped drinking alcohol. She uh-huh. is no longer on the booze, on the boot. Oh, that's a good self-care because sometimes you got to give your body a break. Yeah, I give my body a break, my mind a break. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mostly my mind, honey. My body looks, looks good. Looks my mind, laughing. wow, just a mess. Um, what have you been up to? But besides all the things, reading the books, how have you been keeping yourself entertained with life? Have you been watching Drag Race? Yes, I love I love me some Drag Race. I've been watching it since season one. Um, I honestly think that it's changed the world and mm-hmm. got so much better and entertaining. Um, so you know, I have like a little group chat with a friend, and like we go back and forth. Like, girl, did you see the episode last night? And you know, who do you think should have went home and all that stuff? But you know, more than that, I just think it's so great to see like all these different like characters and people yeah. that we identify with in so yeah. many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that rest of the world you know, gets to see it because it's like literally around the world now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they've done a lot better. Female phenomenon. They've done a lot better with casting all types of people and mm-hmm. sharing good stories and not dragging bad stories out of people because you know how Roy. we've learned that production has oh, yeah. really picked people for certain things. It's good that they see that they're doing a little different. They're bringing big girls. They got black people now. We didn't have a lot of black yeah. people in the beginning. They had like one girl and she'd be like number three out. Always number three. Um, <laughs> um, do you have a top four? Right now, um, let me see. I think um, Jan just went home last night. Oops, I hope that's not a spoiler. Oh, shit. Oops, <laughs> Whatever. Last <laughs> night was Tuesday. Well, I, was, he, actually, I, I saw it on Paramount, you know. Right, 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 right. It's okay. But, when this airs, they would have missed. Oh, yeah. If oh, if it's oh, not. Yeah, true. they would have missed. If they, they don't know by then, then, then that's you, you're not going to know. You're going to end then, up watching this finale. Right. Exactly. So, not Jan. <laughs> who's, who's your four? Um, let me see. So, we got Trinity. She's definitely going to make it to the top. We got Eureka. I think she's she's got a good chance, definitely. Um, Kylie. Kylie's mm-hmm. really showing up. I didn't think she was gonna like be this far in the beginning, but uh-huh. she, so it's, she is showing out contender. Um, and then Raja, believe it or not, is yeah, I think she's really a contender. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, contender. Like she's got the attitude. You know, she toned she toned the mean girl down a little yeah, bit. I, See, they both did. Like I think Trinity 
Trinity's um, she's like more happier this season. When she was there, she was super depressed. Not, I'm not gonna say the word depressed, but it wasn't. She didn't seem like she was having a good time. Mm-hmm. Now she's smiling. She she's right. been working harder, and so was Raja. Raja was mm-hmm. a mean girl, and like it was it wasn't necessarily mean, more negative and like combative. And now she's like having fun, and that's always good when they come back and they're like a, they've changed. They've grown up a little bit, and they're. They're taking their drag seriously, but not themselves too seriously. Because mm-hmm. at the yeah. end of the day, it's a, it's a reality television show, and what you make after it is what you do. Because Shangela went on three times, did not win, and now I think she's she like one of the most close. famous yeah. drag Definitely. queens. Oh, yeah. One of, the most, one of the most booked. One of the most booked and highly favored. Mm-hmm. Highly Austin favored. Highly favored. Amen. Do you, are you, are you, um, how are you doing with this pandemic panorama? Mm. Oh, so you know i am a person that i feed off of human interaction mm. like it I, <laughs> or so i and but you know i'm okay with being yeah. alone you know but i do Amen. you know do turn up i love to turn up i love to interact and just you know talk to people and get out so when the pandemic happened in the beginning i was okay i was like i can deal with this and then as time went on and then all this zooming that happened i said oh hell no i couldn't do it i definitely couldn't do it yeah. it was too much too much for everything that I was like a part of everything, you know, went virtual. And I was just like, no, I can't, I can't imagine a world um, where it's just this, but believe it or not, I had a good talk with myself and I said, how do you turn a negative into a positive and just make the best of it? And then I started a little something in 2020 in June of 2020 called the community spotlight project. And basically I just started to like hit up friends and just say, yo, I think that your life is interesting. I miss you. I love what you're doing and started to like talk about people's stories. And it, it literally was supposed to be one month, but that one month turned into a whole year's worth of people that just, we came, we went on zoom and we interviewed and we talked and, you know, and it was beautiful and everyone had a story to tell and to share and people learned from each other. And then in June of this year, I said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I got this many people to do it. So I did a reunion. I had to do two because there were so many people, um, and, you know, that just goes to show, like, what you have to do sometimes. You have to, like, have a talk with yourself and say, okay, I know you don't like this, but how do you actually just take the very thing that you don't like and turn it into something positive? Yeah. And and I did. And I also I also just started to say no to a lot of things. <laughs> that is so important, knowing when to so say important. no, advocating for yourself that way. You don't yeah. have to agree to everything. Or oh, setting boundaries for some people. Setting boundaries, or not, absolutely. In things. I mean, mm. I, there's some things I still need to, like, get out of. I was, I'm not even going to talk about that, but I, I was given an op- awesome opportunity recently. And, and as, after a while, I was like, you know, I would love this opportunity. Mm. But right now, I, I have this project. And this is a pandemic project that came to be. I was like, I need to be creative. I need to some, yes. find some type of thing. And you see my drag. It's not good. So I had to, you know, come out of the bag with something new. <laughs> I was like, people, my friend was like, we're tired of watching you throw on heels and a wig and march around on the internet. We need to see <laughs> <laughs> so I got a podcast I like show. It. it wasn't me. I like it. Yeah, you like. You're like, <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, look, she's spiraling out again, y'all. Turn on your turn on your telephones. <laughs> turn on your telephones. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Queer Late Night, a late night podcast that gives people from the queer community to share their insight they've learned along their personal and professional journeys. We're partnered with Pretty Easy Podcasting, and they're in charge of all the editing for this podcast. 
While we don't have corporate sponsorships or sponsorships from anyone right now, so we're broke, we are very much welcoming any type of charitable donations to help make this show become more accessible to queer community around the world. Continue to listen, support, like, subscribe, and share. I'm your host, Elmet Colors. It is with great honor that we have come to the end of the banner part of our show, mm-hmm. banter part of the banter. show. My good bad. Good Ariana. There I, you go. I am doing good. Ariana. And now we get to, we did the podcast question. Did I answer the podcast question? Or was it? You did, we all got to answer it. Oh, we all got to answer it. Yeah, we all got oh, Okay. All right. Oh, let me ask you. What is it? What is the last thing you did spontaneously for yourself? Spontaneously for myself. Mm-hmm. Last thing I did. Damn. I went to the dermatologist. Ooh, out the blue. You're like, let me just go to the dermatologist. I was walking by. I was visiting clients' houses, and um, I saw the dermatologist. And I was like, I just got health insurance. I was like, I should go to an actual dermatologist and stop believing. That's right. Yeah, okay. I was like, let me stop believing that this kills is the end all to be all and i went to a real one and she gave me medication uh-huh. and that was nice because that's you can't go there without insurance right. and it still no, cost me cannot. money absolutely okay uh, it's your turn what's uh, the na- what's the latest thing you've done spontaneously for, for yourself? myself you know those people that walk with the icy trucks icy carts yes i got an icy i got a cherry icy it was really good Okay, that's the it's small thing. It's exactly. I didn't set out looking for an icy, but it was hot outside, and I was like, "Excuse me, miss, <laughs> I want an icy." <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I just had this really, <laughs> really vague or fade, faded memory of one time my mom got me an icy as a kid, and the, what's the one thing you don't want kids to do when they when you give them ice cream or an icy? Make a mess. Drop it. Right. Oh, and sure. what did I do? You dropped it. I dropped it. And what do you? What did they think I did next? Oh, you got Try. beating. I threw a fit. <laughs> you got a fit about yeah. it, yeah. I threw the bit. I remember I was overheating. My, whenever I would cry as a oh, kid, yeah. I would overheat. Oh, yeah. I would just go in a tantrum. Oh, shit. I bet that was It was nuts. Vicious. It was nuts. Hey, you're listening to Queer Late Night, and I'm your host, Elmet Colors. While we don't have corporate sponsorships, we are accepting charitable donations, and we are looking to partner. We're currently partnering with Pretty Easy Podcasting that's in charge of the editing of the show, since I don't know what I'm doing. But if you're interested in supporting the show, you can always follow us on Instagram, and you can always go to our GoFundMe and contribute whatever you have. But until then, please continue listening to this episode. I'm your host, Elma Colors. Keep listening. And you are listening to Queer Late Night. You're listening to the episode number four with Jamil Luna. And we're going to get to my favorite part of the show where we get to know the guest that's on the show. We get to ask questions that, you know, they may not get asked every single day. So here we go. Jamil, are you ready? She ready. <laughs> That's the part I was supposed to say. She ready. Oh, damn. We'll get it at the end. We'll get it at the end. Jamil, where are you from? Tell us where you're from. I know you said Camden, but give us the rundown. Uh, Puerto Rican. Uh, both parents uh, raised by a single mother in Camden, New Jersey. And it's, uh, you know, a city of 80,000, maybe more now. But, you know, I grew up a black Puerto Rican. Um, you know, a little sprinkle of Asian here and there and a little sprinkle of like Dominican Republic and, you know, Mexican communities, but, you know, very, very urban, poor. Um, 
you know, and then, you know, you grow up going to the corner store, you grow up getting, you know, in South Jersey, we call we call sandwiches um, hoagies. <laughs> Ooh. And we go to Wawa's, there's Wawa's stations <sighs> and, you know, places you can go get, you know, you can go to a bodega everywhere in, in Camden. There's a bodega on every corner. Um, you know, so that's where you go after school to get your chips, to get your, your hoagie. Um, literally, I remember as a kid, you got your quarter juice and a hoagie and it was like $2. Um, so, you know, it was interesting. It was interesting. It definitely made me who I was. Um, I was I was blessed to have like a good group of friends here and there. Um, you know, Camden was really bad growing up. So I went to public school and then seventh and eighth grade. Um, my mom's boyfriend, he was like, I'll pay for you to go to Catholic school, which was the wow. biggest blessing. Wow. Yes. So that was a big blessing. And I feel like it changed my life because mm. through that Catholic school, I ended up getting a scholarship to, to to a high school, a Catholic high school. Amazing. And I'll be honest, I was not the smartest kid in class. Mm. I had, I, since I was a kid, yes, you know, I must have had like a little pizzazz and personality. Mm. And that really worked for me. Mm -hmm. But I had A's and B's, probably like one C. And, you know, I competed with other kids in my class and I ended up getting the scholarship. But I really think it's because of my personality and my mom yeah. and you know, the whole family bit. Um, but I'll be honest, once I got to high school, it was a culture shock. So I went to basically an all white high school in Pensacola, New Jersey called Bishop Eustis. And I was literally one of two Puerto Ricans in my class and probably that I could count kids of color like mm, yeah. on two hands. Like right. if that, you know, and um, I remember noticing in English class, it's the first time in my life I noticed I had an accent. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, because especially when I was younger, I mean, I've gotten a lot better, right, with my speech now. Yeah. But when I'm a little kid, I was like, you know, <laughs> were, these kids like, <laughs> were these other kids real Jersey too? Like white right? Jersey? Yeah. Or yeah, they yeah. Were they Italian? They were mostly Italian, Irish, um, right. a lot of kids. You know, they were affluent, so a lot sure. of their parents were like, you know, obviously the gamut of like being a lawyer, doctors, they had short houses. Every mm. when I a junior, when I became a junior in high school, most of them had cars already. So it just gives you a picture as to, you know, like that culture shock for me because I'm still this little kid from Candy who probably wasn't going to get a car until maybe college, yeah. if, mm -hmm. you know, and mm. then, you know, I made friends here and there, but you would hear like, oh, yeah, I'm going to my shore house. You guys want to come? And, you know, you hear stuff like that. And it's like, oh, OK, well, I'm just going to go gonna back go to my regular house. It's almost <laughs> fantasy. You're I'm like, going to go to my what? to my project, my apartment that I've been living in. Another house you could do sometimes, <laughs> you know, Wait, I, I, I only I, I say that because I had a similar high school experience and I get it, baby. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I went oh. to school in Delaware for uh, the first I'm, half of my. You, was, you know what it is to be blessed and we are blessed and have been blessed but then you see yeah. you know like at this affluence and you're like oh damn. oh wow another house fine <laughs> yeah <sighs> you know and it's obviously mm. not you know what i mean but no but exactly as a, kid, as a kid you you can see like oh wow there's another like whole world out mm. there mm -hmm. you know, it's it's like i guess in a, in a way again it's not nobody's fault but no. the haves you know what I mean? It's no one's fault where they're from. I always no. remind myself whether it's this or that, you know. I think yeah. it, it's it, honestly it just it curates way more character mm -hmm. when you sometimes when you don't have as much 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I will say you know, that. I it, will agree with that. It curates more character. Uh, mm. Before we move on to the next question, were you were you were you out in high school? Mm. No, 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 no. So <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I go there a little bit. So basically, <laughs> I, I found out. Um, I basically knew by the time I was in seventh grade, I right. had like terrible, real, real hardcore crushes. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't shake this. Then right. in high, <laughs> I can't pray it away. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I couldn't. I couldn't shake it. So I was like, okay, there's got to be something here. Then finally, mm-hmm. I I was in youth group um, through a church in Camden, and I noticed that there was another guy that was gay. And mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna tell him I'm gay. So we went to Great Adventure with friends, and I mustered up the courage. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the car, you know, going coming home from that trip. I was like, can you go around the block? I gotta tell you something. Oh, that's like one and of he, the I was like, and he was like, well, right? me too, bitch. And yeah. so, yeah. How did you know he was gay? Coming out so, the know, first was, time, uttering yeah. those words. When that's the instinct like that feeling. roller coaster dropping. You know, you know what I'm saying? You, but oh, I'm gay. Whoa. <laughs> but you know i i I related a lot to him i was Mm. definitely soft around the edges and Mm. people always told me that my family even told me that they were like you know he's a little little yeah bien pato and so you know i'm gonna say his name marlon Mm -hmm. yes you girl (laughs) a gay mother (laughs) yes so um basically yeah i just knew i just felt it you know he was you know soft around the edges too and i I could relate to him and then basically and that ride, he also opened up to me and was like, girl, there's a whole world out there. There's a whole language. This, you know, we're going to take you. So I got a fake ID in, in high oh, school. Oh, this girl was bad church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but wait, guess who helped me make the fake ID? It was the kids from my high school. Of course. <laughs> of course. They, they got had, the know-how. They got the hook. They, they had computers and access, girl. They knew how to make those holograms. Yeah. <laughs> the holograms. Yeah. Oh. Remember Good these in New Jersey used to have holograms? Uh-huh. Or mm-hmm. dog, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So like, I went to Crash in Queens when it was like a thing. I don't know if people know this, but that was like a popping club. Um, so yeah, I would travel with him, and it was amazing. And I got an experience of a lifetime because how good to have I, a gay mentor, someone to give you know, kind of show you the ropes when you don't know. How yes. much older than him? How much older was he than you? Oh, he was two years older, so That's I was oh, probably it matters in high school though. You 15, know? 16. He was like seventeen, eighteen. He had a car a and everything. Mm. Yes. Got the car. He's old wait. You guys want to hear one Sorry. thing? Yes. Because this good. She even taught me about douching. <laughs> oh, no. I wish someone had taught me in my teens. Wow. I, I didn't learn until my late twenties. No, 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 no one there to teach. No, us. I didn't have no fucking gay mom. Right. I have no mama around. I was <laughs> no, shout out to my mom. She loves me. Amen. But she did not have me how to learn how to so, douche. Do you tell you about butt sex? Nope. Doesn't want to tell me about it either. You go. Your question. What is my question? What is the question? Where am I from? Where am I? I feel like I've said that so many times, though. It's not about me. Right? This whole interview is not about you. This question is for Jamil. You need oh, to ask him that question. I am so sorry. I was like, Jesus. they know where I'm from. I'm sorry, Jamil. Um, what was it like for you in your early 20s? So now you've adjusted from adolescence and now you're a young adult. Yes, yes. So, so by the time I graduated college, I it was the MySpace days, just oh. to give you of the era. Oh, and I know it well. Yeah. So it was, it, Facebook and MySpace were like big at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right? And, um, but it was really MySpace with people going on your page and everything. And I remember just being Yo. like, you know what? 
I'm out of high, I'm out of college, I'm out of high school. You know, it's time to just live my best life. And I met a group of friends that I was living with in Jersey City, and um, I just decided to just like put it out there that I was gay, and just started like slowly but surely, like letting people know that I was going to gay clubs, that I was hanging with you know gay friends. Um, and then I think by the time I got into a relationship. You know, I kind of like, I kind of just put it out there, you know, and then social media really became a thing. Right. Oh, yeah. So you would post more pictures. And then as mm-hmm. people are watching, they obviously are, are finding out more and more. Oh, yeah. Did your did your family take it well when you finally came out? So my family, believe it or not, kind of knew a little bit earlier but not officially. They had, so, they had bets on you, I bet. <laughs> yeah, so I always feel like they knew hmm. and definitely my grandmother because she just got like 26 senses and hmm. believe it or not, one time in the car because um, I was home for the summer from college, I was like around 19, I think, and she asked me basically in the car. She's, well, I got caught at a gay club in Philly. She says, oh, somebody, a family friend basically saw you at, I think at that time it was Shampoo in Philly. Oh. And, yes, girl, you know Shampoo's in Philly? I'm taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was underage there. Yes. <laughs> and that, and you know, so that family friend, I remember just shitting bricks because I was like, fuck, I was like, they're going to rap me out. Watch. And they did. <laughs> and yeah. And so, you know, but I, I don't regret it because she asked me, we had a conversation my grandmother, you know, she was like, well, you got to be careful. You know, there's people out there that can kill you because of, you know, they don't believe in that. So she was more worried. It yeah, was never that concerned. Gay, mm. you know, so but I kind of like just kept it really to myself. Like mm. and I would just do everything away from home and away from the family. And, you know, I didn't want to like impose that on them so that they could feel more comfortable. But yeah, did you block them from your social media? Yes, I've had too. to do it on and off throughout the years but but now it's on all the time <laughs> now it's on all the time you are no longer granted access no, to my no life that's it. <laughs> you that's are blockaged because they own opinions unfortunately everyone's got opinions these days mm-hmm. they don't realize that we don't ask for them yep. you 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 graduated college we're gonna take a step back when you started college did you immediately know that you wanted to do public health did you do gen ed first or did you how does that? Yeah. So, so I'll take you through the through the the cycles. Growing up, growing up, growing up, I totally wanted to be an astronaut, and I thought I was going to be smart enough to do that. And I realized I wasn't good at math, <laughs> and I feel like you got to be really good at math, especially, right? right? So right. I was crap. So then I was like, oh, well, maybe I could be a doctor. Again, you got to be really good, good at math. math yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, you got good at math and technically science, science and yeah, technically science. And science. So, then, so then I was really interested in science, and I did I did really well with science in high school. Mm. But once I got to college at Rutgers, you're in a class of like 300 kids in biology and in orgo and you know chemistry. And finally, it was like my junior year, and I wasn't getting the grades I needed. And my advisor was like, Jamel, have you ever thought about public health? And I was like, No. I was like, I really want to be a doctor. Like, that's my thing. She was like, well, you don't have the grades. You're probably going to be here another two years if you don't switch your major. And it's actually really practical. So she explained it to me. Mm. She says, you can also transfer all your credits mm. that you already took. And then you can still graduate on time. Wonderful. You know? Mm. And that's, once I started to classes, it was amazing. It made sense, huh? That's how I became that's to great. public health. I mm. wanted to be a physician. No, I wanted to do physical therapy assistant 
And that's not math, mostly it's science, but mm-hmm. she couldn't remember the thumb from the knee. <laughs> and they were like, my teacher was not hearing it. He was like, you want to do what? He was like, nah, I just gave you another F, so um, go on down to so the guidance counselor's office. Get out. Pick you out another one of those pick degree, you out pl- another. <laughs> degree plans. <laughs> so you, you picked public health at the end. So then what? What happens? That was yes. Yeah. So then, um, so along the way, I'm, you know, I'm going out, I got my little ID, I'm in the city, blah, blah, making friends. I made a friend um, and he actually gave me my first internship in New Brunswick. So it was at the Hyacinth AIDS Foundation. Okay. But, you know, and I know we're probably going to touch on this, but at that point, I already knew I was HIV positive. Okay. And so I didn't want to necessarily work at a place mm-hmm. that I was going to literally have to like deal with myself, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't stupid and it was a free internship and I was like, I need one because I needed to do it for my for my graduation purposes. And so I took it and I liked it. I got a job there and I ended up staying there like two or three years. That's awesome. And I feel like it was really like the beginnings of my public health career. What did you um, do there? I basically, then I got a job. So I, I worked in New Brunswick for a little bit. Then I worked as a public um, advocate in Jersey City. And basically, I would deal with like social security applications, advocate for patients who like, you know, they were being discriminated against. And like, mind you, I'm like, what, 22 years old at that point. And so I'm like, I'm scared, right? Because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to, you know, speak like um, these patients and represent them and help them with their problems and issues. But at the same time, you know, hearing and listening and knowing that this is kind of like something that I'm also dealing with, right? Um, And keeping because that was like the gay thing was already easy for me right yeah. now now it was the other layer of talking about being HIV positive mm. which which was definitely not easy still in that in that time I, I yeah understand. did you did you did you go to therapy was you know because that's that's 23 is very early it's very it's very yeah. early time for anyone at mm. any point in their life it's very mm. early to find out you're HIV positive especially with the amount of stigma that was going through and I'm and back. I'm guessing because you're a little bit older than me. Back then, it, there was still quite a bit of stigma, right? Oh, de- what years would it? Let's so we know. Well, 2005. Okay. So we still didn't necessarily have. We didn't have. I don't think so. Prep only came out. So we weren't talking about prep. We weren't really talking about mm-hmm. one pill regimens and mm-hmm. the HIV medications. So that gives you context. So it was yeah. still like 1990s up Mentality. until like yeah. Uh, thousands like you still waited in terms of knowledge you know the regimens and people still felt like you know you could still get it by like sharing a cup or something you know right yeah i'm not sure i don't think you mentioned this when did you find out you were positive and what yeah uh, what what did you go through at that time if yeah yeah so um i I probably have never talked about this specifically, but let's do it right now. If you're ready, um, baby. <laughs> if you're ready. Tell me if you're ready. I was dating one person and, and you know, I was monogamous. And that's why I know I got it from this person. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, they just probably didn't tell me and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I was monogamous, monogamous with this person. Um, and we didn't use condoms, but because we were monogamous, right? I was like, okay, yeah. I'm just riding his dick. Exactly. Yeah, I can that's trust this happen. guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, right, so, right. Yeah, and you know he was older and everything like that. But now, now that I think about it, now that I'm older and I see the clues, I'm like, oh my gosh, it should have been a red flag. But it's okay. So time passed, we broke up, and then I met somebody else. And I'm gonna bring up another social media platform, Mi Gente. I don't know if you guys remember Mi Gente. 
What is that? Go on, speak Spanish. No that one missed me. Wait. It was the Spanish that... version. I see. Oh my God, you're sending me. I had I didn't know about this, but it makes sense. <laughs> Where's my hente? I want. <laughs> yeah. So basically, no. go like at... a little. Go like, ahead, baby, a... please. Like like AOL, MySpace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. me ask real quick. What was your last um, AIM like handle? Oh my God! It was a Puerto Rican hot boy. <laughs> how, did, how did I know Puerto Rican was in it though? No, dead ass. All my Puerto Rican or Dominican friends. My Dominican friend, she hers was Dr. Green Eyes, right? Dominican Republic Green Eyes, and we used to crack on her like Dr. Green Eyes. You're not a doctor. <laughs> Anyways, dumb, 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 dumb. But you know what I'm saying? Like, PR's hottest mommy. <laughs> Everybody's screen names back in the day were so good at describing, like, where, where they You knew who they were. You got a little picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Puerto Rican and they're in New Jersey. Let's go yep. for a car ride. Mine was Dolce Yo. Boy 91. Dolce Boy. Dolce Boy. Oh. It's Italian for sweet. I didn't. I was too busy <laughs> tricking guys on fucking. Ah! Sprint. I used to have a Sprint phone. I used to go to the chat rooms, and oh, I was chat just, rooms. If and Catfish could get a hold yo. of me now, they'd be like, "We got him, we right? Got we got him." <laughs> Call the press. I'm. We're getting. I'm sorry to distract no, you. No, Please I, continue. Um, uh, but yeah. So then, so then I broke up with him, and basically, a few months passed. I met somebody on Mi Gente, um, another older guy, super sweet. Started dating, um, but. I remember getting sick, really sick. Um, the one of my one of my summers at EOF, which we you know we I was a um, a low income student, so we would start the summer program early just to get a head start. And I remember in the summer program, I was like, "Damn, yo, I feel like I have the flu." It was like the weirdest feeling. I went mm-hmm. to the student um, clinic mm-hmm. at, on on campus, and they were like, "Oh no, you're okay. It's fine." Blah blah blah. But I just couldn't knock this flu, right? Right. And I told my mom, I said, mom, but I felt something in my gut. I was like, I got right. something. The, the big one, the kitty. Right. right? Yeah, so, you know, so I, I told her, I said, mom, come with me. Come with me to the doctor. We uh-huh. took me to the family doctor in Camden. And he basically diagnosed me in front of her. Uh-huh. And my mom, she kind of went, not in that moment crazy. <laughs> she basically, my mom is like so full of life and a happy woman, likes to go out and party, have fun. She literally turned herself to God and became mm-hmm. Pentecostal. And I was like, Mom, what's... I was like, girl, no makeup, wearing skirts. I was like, this is not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> no what? makeup, wearing no skirts, makeup, long wearing skirts. skirts. Knee long skirts. It was like a sight to see. But Bad. I knew I knew I had to be strong. And I yes. was for her. Amen. I was like, Mom, like, you don't have to worry. Like, I showed her that I was like, I, I'm, I said, Mom, look at me. I'm still fly. I still dress good. I still look healthy. You know, like, don't worry. You know, and as time passed, it got easier for her. And then, like, a year later, she she snapped out of it. Right. <laughs> she quit church, I hope. No, don't say that. Uh, she, quit <laughs> she gave it back to God. She said, all right, we okay. All right, give my makeup. Give my makeup back. Give Let's my makeup go. Back. Cha-chas. Um, go it's you. you go ahead. Still, okay, here we go. You've been working in prevention slash hiv work for how many years now um so i mean if i count from my internship in college i feel like it was most of my public health career so at this point it's like 15 plus years mm-hmm. um i had a little wow, bit of a, that's amazing yeah amazing. Yeah. i had a little bit of a sprint at um at university hospital in newark where mm-hmm. i got to work with kids that had mm-hmm. asthma Mm-hmm. And I did that for a couple of years, um, but yeah, most of my career, I, I say, and and I definitely want to share this. Um, even though, as much as a, as in my early years, I didn't want to deal with the whole HIV, I feel like HIV chose me. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the field of HIV chose me and it always sucked me back in somehow. Um, and, and to this day, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's, it's definitely going to be for the rest of my life some way, somehow, because I'm so knowledgeable at this point in the Amen. field of, yeah. right. I mean, you know? it, the, the importance of having the conversation and spreading the education, because in, you guys were talking about the stigma just 15 years ago, mind blowing how leaps and bounds we have that it's, it's more, a little bit more of a common conversation straights are even a little more knowledgeable about it but not a lot if you have no gay friends and you have no one to talk about it or you know what i'm saying not to it's not ex- not, to it's, not ex- it. it's not exclusive to gay people but that's what it's associated with right by these straights who have no da 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 so there's still these um the, all, all this misinformation flying around i mean the greatest modern example is da baby uh da canceled oh we're not yep. Yep. That's going to be the last part of our because we I'm don't want I'm sorry. Wanna, I don't want to. Okay. The, the, the flow. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's he's, just like. He's coming last. Okay. And we're not going to we'll, we'll touch. Name we'll, on that. Okay. We'll run back around to it. But it's like, whoa, someone who is my age, I'm about to turn 30. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> you would think being a public figure, you would speak more. I don't know, intelligently about, these are your fans. There are fans that fall in this category. You know what I'm saying? He didn't know. But that's that's why you don't speak on things you don't know. I wouldn't I, have a podcast. Right, and okay. And well said. To, to, just to piggyback off of things coming full circle, I you work at AHF now. And I think I told you this before when I started there. It's weird because I lived in Miami for a year. I was on my way out after a whole year of trying and the homelessness and all that. And I was like, you know, I was very sick for a very long time. I was like, I never thought, it never crossed my mind it was HIV. And I went to the VA. I'm not going to drag the VA for never doing a blood test for HIV. They did every other blood test. They were right. checking the oil girl <laughs> and the water, but they wasn't checking the pipes. Right. Wow, and yeah. I tested positive with AIDS Healthcare Foundation. And in five years had passed and I would go to school, get a degree in public health. And I got, you know, an interview at, you know, this organization that I didn't know too much about it. I researched the organization. I went to the interview and then it wasn't until like maybe a, a few months. And I was like, this is the same organization I tested positive with. And here they are in New York City, you know, and I was a mobile HIV tester. We were giving out free HIV tests, free prep, free access to medication, you know, getting people in line for, um, you know, mental health counseling, case management, helping them find homes. I'm like, look at how, you know, full circle things come. I got a degree in something I never had tended to get a degree in just to, from HIV, because I wasn't doing that well in life. I needed HIV to to put me back on track. And I I don't want to say I'm thankful that I got HIV, but, you know, if it wasn't for that, what was going to be like my shell shock moment? To be like, you need to wake up and do something different and, and get ahead and i did and you know and it's weird because it's ahf and you work there and i met you and you helped me along the way of the career so it's a Mm. full circle thing i want to move into my next question what is it specifically about either your role or what you do what what drew you what what do you love about it not what drew you to you but what do you love about it most yeah yeah so i mean so it's similar story to you, actually. So, you know, I, I don't know if people know this, but I went to AHF first as a patient. <laughs> so oh. I I was going through like a transition career wise where I just wasn't happy with my pre- my previous jobs. 
Um, and I was like, oh my God, something's got to give. Like, I'm willing to do anything, take a pay cut, just leave whatever the, like, the bad stuff is. And um, ended up finding out about AIDS Healthcare Foundation. And, um, you know, I was like, wow, I need help with insurance. I need help with figuring out like what programs exist for me because, you know, I was living in New York and the rent is high and, you know, we've got to pay bills and stuff. So um, they were like, we're going to set you up with everything. And I was like, I didn't even know these. I'm, I'm a public health educated person, but I didn't know these programs existed even for me. Wow. Right. Mm, yeah. It's just so crazy. How, like you work in the field, but you don't know everything. Um, so I just got hooked up and then basically they offered me a position because th there was a vacancy, you know, that was God sent and it was the linkage to care position. So literally I was doing what somebody had done for me. I was able to link patients to care and I was able to like really learn the ins and outs of programs that existed, you know, housing programs, case management programs. And I was like, I'm going to become an expert in all this. I want to make sure that I am going to give back 110% to every individual that I link to care and that I'm making sure that they actually have like an ear, a shoulder to cry on, um, somebody that's really that they can rely on because, mm -hmm. you know, it's scary. It's Absolutely. very scary. And mm -hmm. thank you for that and mm -hmm. your service. And I know that I do the same exact thing and I get the thank yous from the clients and, and that's, the only reason why I still have the work in this field is that I know that people are getting the help that I didn't. So I know mm -hmm. how they feel and I know, you know, where my responsibility lies. You know, some people can't do anything and some people can't do it. You know, it's, it's really weird, but thank you for what you do and how you do it and your love for it because you've been doing it for 15 years. I haven't done anything for more than four years. This will be my fourth year in public health. Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. um, I want to ask, I, I, actually, it's not my, my question. You have a question. I do have a question. I read these questions. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. They're good, too. Oh, I know. How has activism has, gosh, I can read. I promise I can. How is <laughs> activism different from advocacy, if at all, to you? Yeah, so, so I definitely think that activism mm. is more about getting involved, like, physically, like, being, like, in the trenches. Ooh, well said. Arches. Well said. Um, you know, advocacy, you know, a lot of people can do advocacy, right? You know, you can kind of like, you know, post, you know, you can talk about it. You can have, have conversations. One requires um, less footwork. Yeah, right? yeah, literally. Right. Literally. Hmm. Yep. Um, and, you and you know, it, it's okay. Like, I, I've seen that there are people that they are one or the other, if sure. not both, right? And mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm definitely blessed to be at an organization that that's in their mission statement. Beautiful. Um you know, to provide cutting edge medicine and advocacy regardless of the ability to pay. And and they're serious about it. <laughs> Good. You know, so, so like, for example, I had to, you know, give testimony and speak to the fact that the governor shouldn't cut programs that we have as far as being at the, the 340B yeah. entity. Basically, we get discounts on, you know, the HIV drugs, but basically we reinvest those discounts back into the community. Yeah. So, people don't know that these programs are life-saving and that they get reinvested. And if they get taken away, you're literally, literally like cutting out programs for millions of people because they don't have people that are dedicated to navigate the system. Mm. Um, so they'll get lost, right? They'll mm. get lost, you know, and they'll just get like, lost and fall out of care. Yeah. And it's so easy, Vital. especially in a huge city like New York yeah. where there's so people competing for the same thing yeah. and you need, dedicated to like figure it out for you and help you yeah, right you know not a lot 
of re- mm-hmm. without actual people. I do care management now at Housing Works, and if you don't have someone extra helping you mm. with this for like elderly people, long term survivors, people that have mental health right. issues, people who suffer from drug addiction, people who don't have more than fifteen to twenty five minutes to sit on the phone with just music, just the <laughs> operating music, <laughs> and won't go crazy. You're gonna, you're not gonna want to do it. So. No. It's hard yep. to after one door, even you know, if it slightly closes on your toe, you're like, "Well, I can't do this." A lot of people feel that way, you know, unless there's someone there that genuinely cares about. No, let's see what is available, right? Yeah. So exactly. thank you for being you guys, the both of you, in that position. It's it's a good thing in this world. Do you like? Is there one that you like more than the other in activism and advocacy, or do you do more, one more than the other? Yeah, so I mean, I feel like with the year that we've had and everything, like I feel like my heart and soul is definitely more into the activism now. Um, I feel like, you know, it's inspiring to see like everybody rallying together. Um, and that's something that I feel like we didn't see. So so like in the past when I've done like marches and things like that, you know, you only see like what, like 20 or 30 people come out. Yeah. And now to people in the masses. Right. And yeah. It's actually cool now, right? You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's almost like, wow, like, you know, if this existed years ago for so many more things, think about how far ahead we would, we would be, be as a mm, Yeah. Mm, and you know, you gotta remember that's New York City. I went uh-huh. to the world the um AIDS Health, the AIDS conference about three or four years ago, three years ago. And it's sad and shocking to know that places in the South, places throughout the entire Midwest or what do you call it? The Bible Belt? I'm never yeah. sure what do you call the middle of America, the part I don't think of. Oh, middle America. <laughs> there you go. They don't have resources like this. And, you know, I don't know how that works. You know, not having a Planned Parenthood, not having free HIV tests. People don't know. HIV tests, some people will charge you. Some places, if you go to them, they will charge you $250. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, like- this guy doesn't know they're free? Okay, 250 Right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's really sinister the way that they try to stamp out these uh, resources when they are and can be more readily available. It's but they would rather the masses suffer because they're going to people are going to find a way, try to find a way. And it's unsafe or, you know, it's 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 uh, it's expensive. Yeah. Sinister. The, the, Ooh, and and what's funny is I don't want to I don't want to beat a dead horse. Well, mm. we can you know the horse it. is dead. Kick it. Um, I had the opportunity to do case management at an organization, and some of the clients that would come in to try to use free services mm. made over two hundred thousand dollars a year. Bullshit. And they could prove it. They had enough money. And me explaining to them why they couldn't get prep for free, I was like, you can afford uh, it mm, right they the were like but it's scale. Fr- but it's also free sure. for poor people right you're not yep. poor did you think you were poor uh it, it's crazy i i mean interesting yeah the healthcare system's crazy crazy it's up for you thank you i actually love this because i was thinking about this earlier um let's talk about an instance when you distinctly affected had a positive effect in someone's life and they expressed it back to you and it really moved you and you're like wow i'm in the right place that was worth you know my time and my education and da 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 does that make sense yeah 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 definitely i mean so 
I think what I do now, so so now I specifically work for the pharmacy division and I do feel like it's a little bit more intense because okay. believe it or not, it's a little different from putting patients into care is making sure they, they stay in care as far as being, you know, um, undetectable, being adherent to their medications, um, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because I do, you know, and it's happened to me too. Sometimes we think about health as the last thing on the survival uh, right. scale. Right. You know, oh, I have to think about food. I have to think about, you know, what I'm doing tomorrow or whatever, or survival. And sometimes your health, you're like, okay, I'm going to put off the doctor, put off the doctor. But, you know, um, I think I constantly hear stories from, you know, my own patients that tell me, oh, my God, oh my God like, thank you for just like, you know, making it so easy for me, like doing doing the legwork, submitting the application, you know, which is so much paperwork, um, you know, fighting with my insurance to make sure that I get approved for these life-saving medications. Wow. You know, thank God that New York just made it. Um, I think it's a there's a law now that private insurance have to pay pay for. Yeah, prep, it just got released. They ha- right? It has to be free, or they have to pay for, it or it has, has to be free. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that's like critical because you don't know how many people like before this were getting denied left and right, and then you want to end the epidemic. You know what I mean? Like right. how is that? Yeah, yeah. Right. And the epidemic before you make it accessible and medications exactly. accessible. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, equal access, you know, like make it accessible, but people got to work together. And, you know, we we are, uh, you know, like blessed that we've got like everybody kind of like on board for the most part. We got like government on board with the city agencies and everybody's in the Department of Health and everybody kind of works together when it comes to HIV, you know, and, you know, less like we were part of the HIV planning group. And like a lot of what we did kind of like goes up the top, you know, and it's amazing to see like that things do work together, but then you got the deep South and we get a lot of like, I get a lot of patients from the South that come up because they're like, there's nothing here. There's no help. You know, I came to New York because I know that there's more services here. Why? You know, yes. why? There yes. are so many people that they don't only come here for the HIV services, but we had an episode before where our, our, our friend from trans experience, there's more resources here for people of trans experience mm-hmm. um just in general and mm-hmm. we and our work we're like there's not enough so us saying there's not enough and someone being like this is amazing it's like okay right. there's leaps and bounds and huge gaps right. right well said um well you know we're back we're where we need to be in the show and we're and we're ready to talk about it we're not going to say people's names because mm-hmm. we don't want to we don't want to give them any more amen uh, amen but recently there was an artist that took uh the, the time on their own platform out of out of the blue uh not asked not prompted not i'm not sure what triggered this statement but went on and said things like um gay men out in the parking lot, uh, sucking dick, something like that. And catching the, but, diseases that will kill you in two weeks. Catching diseases that will kill you. You literally, dro- he said, you will literally drop dead in two to three weeks if you catch this. What in the nineteen eighty five? Lots of really hurtful, vicious things. Not only was it homophobic, I don't know what possessed this person to say that because more than gay people uh, contract HIV. You, I don't know if you would say it to like a child and you know parts of the world that there is an HIV medication, but. When you heard this and you saw this, because we talked about this before the show, what went through your mind? It was horrible. I was like, what the hell? Like, you know, I mean, he he dragged everybody from the LGBT community to people, you know, that were HIV positive to women. Um, right. You know, Long-term survivors. Yeah. It, it was horrible. You know what I mean? And you, you know, you have such a big platform and people are listening to you, you know, and we already know that, 
you know, that there's so much discrimination and stigma. So you're perpetuating all of that times 10 um, and it's being, you know, plastered on social media for more people to kind of like the trolls, especially probably. They ate it. Eating it up. And the the thing about it that made me the most irritated, besides, you know, the homophobia and like all the people that you just dragged from, the people that's died from it, Mm. is like, you know, to be a black person in America and and so many like things that go against this, healthcare is one of those things that we don't trust, mistrust. So misinformation would be uh, detrimental and some people don't research. They hear the baby say it. They're not going to pick yep. up a book. That's my doctor. They're the not going to ask my doctor, the baby. So, you know, <laughs> and the problem with that is, is when people associate things as simple as getting an HIV test with homosexuality, they don't go. They don't test. You know? Right. Hey. Yeah, it's yeah. It, you know as a, a mobile HIV tester, either I was getting laughed at by white people down here in Hell's Kitchen, or ran from in, in in Brooklyn at the train station. People I, have I'm laughed not gay. at. Me. I don't need an HIV test. <laughs> That's that. Oh. There's that, and then here in Hell's <gasps> Kitchen, they're like, I got prep. I don't need that. Okay, girl. Well, good luck with your gonorrhea. <laughs> so. Yep. No, so true, so true. I mean, I mean, just to add a little bit more Please. of a like a picture. Think about like, and it, it could be anybody literally from like a 16 year old to like a 35 year old who's literally hanging out with their friends and they're all seeing this and making and making fun of it. Absolutely. And it could be that person who found out that they were HIV positive mm. and they were close to getting help. And because they are being, you know, they're seeing that, that, you know, the that they're mocking, they're mocking and, you know, enabling, Absolutely. you know, they're, they're not willing to get help and they don't want anybody to find out. I mean, Absolutely. still to this day, you know, I get people um that tell us oh you know is anybody gonna know that i'm here is anybody gonna you know mm. where is this open? yeah people, is there a back know? door right there- i was one of those people for a long time i was like mm. well i want to go i w- i would go i lived in new london connecticut i went to a doctor's that was all the way in norwalk and that's pretty much like that's an hour and 20 minutes and i was like let me just go here nobody's gonna know me but it's those type of that type of mm. amount of stigma that i'd rather go an hour. some people are not gonna do that they're not gonna go at all so i mean right just for all the listeners out there that are listening it's it's what that artist did was worse than saying technically worse to me than saying a racial slur Mm. because it was homophobic and then you spreading detailed misinformation um on a platform Mm. that large does you deserve to be dropped from everything Mm. i think that you should drop from your label Mm. but that's neither here nor Mm -hmm. there your turn Mm -hmm. So with that said, how, in your opinion, can we fight against stigma? What are some of the stones still left unturned in the fight against HIV and the stigma around this disease? So, you know, I was actually having a conversation with someone earlier today and, you know, they were talking about, like, what can we do to to make uh, more of an impact, especially because we got so many people on social media these days, right? Mm. And people are... I'm gonna be honest. People are kind of tired of like the infographics and the reading, and interesting, all that. interesting. Okay. So I feel like people can easily breeze over it, and I see posts about right. this all the time. Right. You know, and see that it's not doesn't really get that much traction. I follow mm-hmm. it because it's what I do professionally, right. right? But you know, but like the kids want maybe you know they want a celebrity to endorse like sure. you know. Safe, safe sex. Like, let, let's take it back to the TLC days when people, you know, when the girls were rapping. <laughs> no, <dead laughs> ass. I love that. 
you just shined a little bit of light on that because someone like me, I am a little bit, I, I am drawn to these infographics. I think they're very informational, you know, and it's presented in a form that I can receive well, I understand well, but in terms of a little bit of the younger generation, that's not maybe the pill they want to take for, you know, lack of a better word. You know yeah. what I'm saying? To keep no, someone totally, interested. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and so, and so, and this is something that I think now, because of, because of my age, I've been able to see mm-hmm. You little bit of you know I'm not forty, but I feel, yeah. I've been able to see a few generations, right. and you you see that it's almost like every so often I'm gonna just put a, a number on it. Like sure. every five years, you gotta reeducate people, and you gotta reeducate the new generation, I and you gotta keep it coming and fresh. Time. And you Thank know, you. yes, 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 and yep. there's there's still not enough of it where it's better than before. Mm-hmm. No one is really. There, it, it, it's a public school issue even mm-hmm. they it took is, sex ed out of school no they didn't I think for Shut most states especially up. if it's not like a state progressive states ah! like us they don't have I was teaching sex sexual health education before the pandemic sex I taught my so first important. class um, it gay was a cl- sex ed let's incorporate that you know this one try yeah I yes. was teaching you know young kids and I before I went into the, the school, I went to my supervisor and I was like, listen, this curriculum is from 2013. The language that it uses is very uh, discriminatory and it leaves out such a vast amount of the LGBTQ community. And you're asking me to do this for LGBTQ and all this stuff. I don't know where that came from, but like, this doesn't speak to people of trans experience. It doesn't at the entire curriculum from the CDs, the DVDs, everything. None of it spoke about, you know, homosexuality you know whether it be lesbian or gay it, it, it just it was also bad but then on top of it, the school didn't offer it i think they said they offered one course the pe teacher taught i'm not sure what type of pe teacher you had mine was drunk okay so i don't want the <laughs> pe teacher teaching kids about sex especially right. why is that usually the gym teacher it shouldn't be the gym teacher because they they're cause already they associate kind of muscles with i don't know i terrible guess. babysitters <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. My apologies to the physical education teachers in the high school level. But my apologies to the bartenders. <laughs> That's what I'm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, Jamil, all of that's amazing. Now, here's something that I, I want you to do. You know, we both agree that we have a, had AHF in our lives very early and now still present. I still get to see you and work with Jessica, Jason, Eddie. Everybody, I get to see everybody very often. And it always warms my heart because that was my first public health job. Now I'm on to number four. Tell us about AHF. And I know that there is testing hours, there's mm-hmm. medication, and there's multiple locations. So you just go ahead and just yeah. let loose. Plug it, plug it. Okay, yes, yes. So um, AHF has grown from the Brooklyn site, which is at 475 Atlantic Avenue, the flagship store where you can go to the Out the Closet. You can go pick up your medications at the pharmacy. Are they related? Out of the Closet and AHF? Yes, they are. It's it's an. I yes. love that. I did yeah. not know. Big fan of it's Out of the, the Closet. Creative way for people to kind of like come in, browse, right. you know, get your clothes, you know, that's donated. It's amazing okay. stuff. But then you get the experience of getting tested discreetly. You know, if you don't want to share, you know, you can go with your friend, you can go alone, you can go pick up your medications upstairs or usually around somewhere nearby. There's a healthcare center. Um, But it's like it's like it's like such a great model. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a one stop shop Mm -hmm. where you get like a little bit of everything. Um, But, you know, it's grown here in New York. And so 
when I first came to New York and started working in public health, I really didn't know what AHF was because it wasn't established as long as it, as it, it is in LA or Florida, but right. it's grown. And so I work actually at the Bronx site, which is um, 655 Morris Avenue, if anybody ever wants to um, engage in any services as far as, you know, LGBTQ specific, you know, you want HIV care, you want to get your PrEP, PEP, um, or even Hep C services. Um, even if you have your own doctor that you love and you're like, I need help with my insurance for my ARVs, you know, then I can just call me. I can help you. I'm going to share my number. It's my work number, 347-308-0186. Um, you know, you can email me, jamil.luna at aidshealth.org or ahf.org. Um, and, and it's really, it's really, I've got, I've had a few careers in public health this is where I'm meant to be. This is where I'm the happiest. Um, and it really makes a biggest, the biggest impact. I mean, you know, less like you guys would test like hundreds of people versus yes. other yeah. organizations. <laughs> At one Afro funk, we tested in three days. We were able to test 500 people. Wow. Yes. I was so exhausted at the end. Yep. <laughs> it was 500 people nonetheless. And, God bless. and that's, you know, is that's wait, we've, before you're done, is there, people always ask this, they can, they go, to what let's girl you saw okay i'm gonna start over where can they go to get um sti screenings Mm. yes oh so actually at my site um we are co um uh co-located with iris house who's one of our affiliates and it's a community-based organization um that you can come monday through friday nine to five basically you can ask for an sti screening um you know they'll basically do it for um chlamydia gonorrhea syphilis um, you know, and then if, if anything comes back, you know, then that's when you talk to someone like me or the right. front desk and we basically link you to care so that we make sure you get treatment um, or we link you to other services. Like I mentioned earlier, HIV care or prep services. Um, so yeah. it's as easy as that. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely um, HF in New York around this, you know, and every borough is growing, you know, hopefully is maybe this- one day dependent on insurance like what 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 is the sliding scale of that yeah yeah so so basically so there are programs that dedicated people like me help with as far as like um the medication so that's yes. through the pharmaceutical company okay so you know patient i get calls all the time from the department of health oh you know this patient doesn't have insurance i'm like let's do prep app <laughs> right and that prep app will cover you know their medical visit and then basically um, through New York State, the aid that program, and then we get their medication covered through Gilead. Um, Very nice. I, yeah. I use that actually. Yeah. Yep. You're yep. essentially, Amazing if resource. you're a person living with HIV in at least New York State, and especially New York City, it's pretty much free to, if you make under a certain amount of money. What's it, 65000 Yes, like 64000 like 400 or something. Yeah. If you make but, under that, you can get HIV mm-hmm. services and medications uh, for free. And I think yeah. that's the same thing, same um, cap for prep services, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not, they're all, not the yeah. whole thing, though. Just the medication. You still got to pay for the blood work, right? Um, for So basically, you would. So for the prep app, you apply for two programs. You apply for the ADAP program, the uninsured state program, and then Gilead. So you, mm. so yeah, that's where I come in because it's like two hefty applications yeah. that you have. Meaty. You know? Daunting. But, People get deterred, right, from that alone. They're like, I don't want to do all this. Why am I giving all this information, you know? Because you want this pale bitch. Mm. <laughs> um, what would you say to a young person or a young adult that is interested in getting into the world of human health services? Oh, I would encourage it. I mean, I feel like 
it's such a practical giving career that you can really make a difference. Um, it's the best decision I ever could have made in my life because not for nothing, after working with so many doctors throughout the years, I definitely don't want to be a doctor. Right. Um, no, 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 no disrespect. No, no, but, no, no. Of course, it's a lot of work. Right. You literally have like almost like no life. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you're literally giving your life to saving people's lives Amen. in a different way. Amen. But public health is a vast career that mm-hmm. it has so like facets that you can like go mm. from education for children education for you know different diseases you know you could do diabetes you could do hiv care um everything right. asthma you right. know right there's so much multifaceted that you can, I like multifaceted mm-hmm. and obviously it's growing yes. you know when 9-11 happened it it got into you know bioterrorism yeah. and environment and all that stuff and you know so there's so much that you can do with it and it's a great mm-hmm. degree um which is why i ended up going for my master's and then i was like oh, wow, you learn so much more that you can do um, and it relates to everything in life. So so definitely I encourage young people to look into it because um, you'll always have a job too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, amen. It's, it's the healthcare fair. Okay. okay. Now, definitely important to this particular um, this episode, you can give as many things as you can think mm. about uh, that people need to remember about HIV. Mm. Ooh, good. Yeah, yeah. Good well, always remember that people with HIV are people and they should be loved and respected. You know what I mean? Um, so definitely that's super important. It's manageable. You can live with it um, for, you know, a long time. You know, I've been, what, since 20. I'm 36 now, so 16 years, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I'm still kicking. I'm going to last until I'm 100 years old. <laughs> okay, that's right. No, that's right. right. You know, I mean, I have a, a love for life, you know, so I feel like that helps, you know. Um we've come such a long way. You know, I remember the days when I wasn't on medication and I was afraid of passing it on to my partner. Mm. That is so yeah. hard for people to comprehend. Yeah. They, when he, I talk about that, they're like, but they can, they can get it from the CDC. That doesn't make sense. I'm like, you know, which yeah. is why I'm it, the, the greater scope of this conversation. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for speaking more in, on the subject. You, because you basically just know that if you're on HIV medication, you can't transmit it. Your virus is so low, and if you stay in care and you're healthy, that you can't pass it on to your partner. Um, you know, and that's super important. Yes. And then, you know, I mean, you know, in public health, you can't forget that you know condoms are still a thing. Amen. If you need them, if you want them, if you don't want to catch an STD, if you want to, if you out there tricking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you better use a condom, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop leaving. Stop leaving fire. Um, oh. No, there's an, and there's what there's there's multiple condoms. There's the female yeah, condom. Right. There's the, yeah, yeah. I I haven't figured oh. out how the dental dam work, but they be having it out there. Go grab the packet, read the read the instructions. And exactly. There's, there's uh, condoms that are condomless. The ones that yes. you don't feel anything. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. The bare skin, thin mm. thin skin. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so just to know that there's options. That there's so many options and. You know, and then and then if you know if if you happen to have a scare or whatever, like there's organizations like HF and like people like me, you know, and like you guys that are out there spreading information and just you know making it easy so that you can just continue to live your life as normal as possible, whatever that means for you, and just like you know to be to go on to live a, a fabulous life so that you can be happy and and just be healthy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I mean just with the whole HIV thing. I tell people, I'm like, I wish there was prep when I was younger. I wish there was prep. You know what I mean? Because mm. maybe it would have saved me from this. But sure. it's okay. You know, it's okay. it's okay. I mean, living my best life Amen. and just take a the day and I'm good. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. 
Yes, that's a good question. So, so that's part of why I think I've been going through a lot of the mental stuff. Because mm. uh, I feel like I am in a transition of like, maybe you guys can relate and the yes. audience can relate. Yes. But, you know, it's like... Very. You hit 30 and you're like, oh, I thought I was going to be here. And then you, because you have all these things that people tell you that you were supposed to be, or you told yourself, right? Then 30s happen and you're like, okay, you're shedding a lot of your things from your 20s and, you know, things are not as happening the way they were supposed to, right? But then you're like, okay, so it's like a reawakening of of who you are. And so I think that's what I'm going through now. And now I'm starting to find like a good balance of what it really means to give back and what it really means to leave a legacy. And that, that I think I'm getting a better grounding of with everything that I'm doing, with my work, with mixing, mixing my career with my passions. Um, you know, I've been tasting a little bit of drag and I know that that's an avenue to like make an entertainment slash, you know, um, doing public speaking, uh, doing like, you know, things like the community spotlight project. Um, and who knows what that can grow into. Um, and just, you know, putting more stuff out there because as we continue to create, um, I think that that's the best thing. And as we continue to share stories, mm-hmm. each other's stories, um, everything becomes more real and more people will be like, wow, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that that essentially is so, so super important. Um, so, so all of that is what I'm trying to aspire to in the next five years. Well said. Very good. I, that, that hits, I, all that really spoke to me. So. I <laughs> want you to know that I hope that you, your legacy I'm not sure what you're going through, girl, but I tell you what, I'm going to tell you what the truth is for me. I look on your Instagram. I look on your, t- she has the TikTok. On the TikTok. The, everything you're doing is so much full of life and I'm so proud of you. And I, I look up to you as a person because it's, it's coming from a good place. You, you create, you know, good energy and people are drawn to that and that's helpful and really good. And you're funny and, and you, you mean so good and it's, it's, Always, you help me. I'm like, you know what? She's gonna, she's bald headed and she has a wig. I'm gonna get a wig. That's right. right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out because you, it's, it's good. So you're doing amazing stuff, Jamil. Honestly, and I'm not just saying that. You are seriously doing amazing stuff, and I know that you're creating and leaving a very, very, very great legacy. And and some people are like, oh, it's gonna be hard shoes to follow follow or hard shoes to fill. It's not about shoes to fill. If, mm. if people are striving to do what you're trying to do more people need to do that and it's not about filling anything it's about being a good person creating right. good giving back and caring about it and not wanting anything back and yes. that's just what you did by coming on the show and i really appreciate it because you are a, a big time person come on now thank you thank she you ready guys. is she ready <laughs> You ready? Yeah. She ready? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, let me tell people about the catchphrases. Tell us about it. Tell us the catchphrases real quick because so she ready. You know, it's it's Tiffany Haddish. Don't sue me, but I love her. She's a comedian. Amen. I consider myself mini comedian. You know, everything I do is about laughter. So I was like, one day I was like, yo, she ready. So I I adopted it, but yes. you know, I with the lips. So that's my little hashtag that I always use. And I always say, so I created some t-shirts and now I got, you got merch. I got merch girl. So you can go to my TikTok and the merch link is there. You can go to my Instagram. So on TikTok is Felicia.Luna.Max or on Instagram is Jamil underscore Luna, J-O-M-I-L underscore Luna, L-U-N-A. And I got the links to all that stuff. And it's like a little mini, like, 
like movement like you know yeah. just own own the fact that sometimes you want to go out get lit and she thirsty or go out and just own the room she <laughs> wearing it i yes. just realized <laughs> she thirsty. i love this we gotta come to so this won't air for some time we gotta come to new jersey and get some yeah. pictures in this Look, yes, I, mean, right I gotta here. get some merch myself. You got send me the merch link. Yes. yes. Send me the merch Please. link. Yes. Once right. again, I just want to take this time to thank our gracious co-host for coming back and stepping in and being a co-host. But you know, not most importantly, but more importantly, Jamil, you mm-hmm. taking the time to come and share your story, share your insight, you know, further spread positive information about people living with HIV where to get tested, where to get treatment, how to stay, um, you know, how to, how to work prevention, you know, all the things that you do in your day-to-day life as a profession and the things you carry into your, you know, personal life, it goes seen, not unseen, but very much seen. Thank you. Where can they follow you at on the internet? I know you just said it. Say it one more time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll say it one more time. So basically my name, um, on, on, uh, Facebook, uh, but mostly on Instagram, Jamil underscore Luna, um, big TikToker. So uh, Felicia dot Luna dot Max. Um, I do a lot of TikToks with my partner. I'm engaged. So if anybody sees me with a nice little caramel looking older man, uh, that's my partner. And um, and we love it. And oh. I think that it's just about spreading love and positivity. Amen. Uh, I, I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And um, just so the audience know, when will my uh, invitation for the wedding be in my mailbox yes i know i know so many people are asking believe it or not it was supposed to happen in september of 2021 before the pandemic we had been talking about it um obviously you know things got delayed so at this point we are it's in the back of our minds as far as like we may just maybe elope go to vegas do a backyard wedding we don't know yet i just want to eat the food i heard there's gonna be food (laughs) but we're gonna definitely have some sort of like reception to celebrate at some point um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are asking. We're basically married. You already know. Once you're engaged, you're yeah. married. You've been married for a long time. I don't. You know, I was gonna make this joke earlier. I was like, I don't really know Felicia's name other than Felicia. If you, oh, have, no, his real name is Gregory. Gregory. <laughs> okay, good. Because I'm gonna just keep up with Felicia for the rest of your life. But hey, Felicia. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamil, for coming on. Thank you. And for everybody else out there, please continue to like, share, and subscribe Queer Late Night to your friends, family. Um, I don't care who you love, but love somebody. And most importantly, love yourself. Mm-hmm. This is Queer Late Night. I'm your host, Elmet Colors. And that's it for this episode. Good night. Good night.